Week 17 in the books, and a lot has been decided, but still tons to be determined in Week 18 regular season finales. We got one seeds, though. Ravens, 49ers clinched. Cards knock off the Eagles, so that helps the Cowboys. But uh, did the refs help the Cowboys more than anybody? So much to get into from Week 17 right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Mad Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Happy New Year to you all year long hanging out with us. And uh, we're going to make 2024 even bigger and even better than ever. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Matt, I hope you rung in the new year in style and, and had a good night. I myself went to bed before midnight, probably wow. for the first time since I was, I don't know, eight years old. So that's how my night was a, a night in with the cat, with the wife, with the son. We saw the New Year's uh, ring in after the, the Sunday night football game on the East Coast time and thought, you know, that's probably enough uh, for this one. And you know what? It, it was all about this podcast, Matt. I take this so seriously that I want to make sure I got all eight hours and I was ready <laughs> to go for you here on Monday morning. Well, it's what the fans deserve, you know. We got to bring it. Happy New Year to everybody, the practice squad, everybody out there. Good stuff. Um, I was up super late, keeping uh, basically keeping tabs on my teenagers. You know, make see them where uh, yes. they're at and their endeavors. Hopefully, not a late night call. Dad, I'm on the side of the road, or I'm in jail, or whatever. You know, so <laughs> I had to keep tabs on them, make sure everybody was safe and secure before I could uh, go night night. But so I definitely saw the new year and much, much into the new year last. Uh, I saw your East Coast new year, too. So I was there for you. Oh, OK, yeah, I uh, didn't get the, the Pacific time a new year. Um, we got to start with. Well, look, uh, the, the biggest headline is, is the things that are set with the one seeds. It's the 49ers and the Ravens. Yeah. But we got to go back to Saturday. It feels like forever ago now sitting here Monday morning. But Lions losing to the Cowboys 20 to 19. So those Dallas Cowboys had a really good weekend with the Cardinals knocking off the Eagles more on that game in a second. But, I mean, the big story here, really kind of a cloud over the whole weekend, was Brad Allen now is somebody I didn't know who existed, and now I do know. And apparently Brad Allen will not be one of the officials, and that officiating crew will not be officiating playoff games because of the blunder that happened and cost the Lions a win and probably cost the Lions at least one seed, and who knows, maybe more potentially with what could have happened in Week 18, which is no longer possible now for a potential Lions one seed in the NFC. So the Detroit Lions, um, a credit to Dan Campbell after the game. You could tell he was upset, but not saying anything to get himself fined. And to be honest with you, Matt, I don't really like that there is so much pressure put on teams and players 
to not say anything about the officiating because, yeah. frankly, players and coaches get crushed all the time and people are calling for their jobs when they screw up. Um, when the referees screw up, I think it should be very public and I think we should all know about it and the league should let us know about it. And this was a bad one. And I do think that there's a little bit of, look, Lions, you tried to be sneaky about it and you were so sneaky about it that you actually tricked the referee, but... You still, the referee still screwed this whole thing up, and and that should not be overlooked. And it did cost the Lions a win here. Yeah, that whole situation. I don't have a whole lot more to add to. I, I hate beating up on the refs week after week, and you certainly can. But I think the league this off season needs to take a, a a big step backwards and be like, how can we do this better? Maybe start thinking outside the box with some things. Have some people smarter than me you know, and, and try to figure this thing out that less of these bad blunders happen. So um, fortunately, the Lions are still in the playoffs. These teams might meet again. Yeah, it hurt them. It's a win, but it didn't derail their season or send people home or get people fired because of it. Thank, you know, thank the Lord, obviously. Um, but what's forgotten is this was a really good game. You know, I mean, <laughs> Dallas threw the ball well. C.D. Lamb was a force of nature. The Lions went on the road and beat the team that never loses at home. I mean, so – should have beat the team that never loses at home. I keep thinking this was a Lions win. That's how my mind worked around this because it should have been. And I also think it's noteworthy, too, that Campbell, he decides from the start, hey, I'm going for two. I'm going for the win. And then even when they got the penalty with five yards tacked onto the two-point conversion, he sticks with it. Like, I'm still doing it. And – Maybe I'm crazy and maybe I'm just oversimplifying, you know, the type of coach he is, you know, knee biter, et cetera. I think he told them, hey, we got you of where we want you in your building. We may see you again in a couple of weeks at our house. How do you think that's going to go? You know, just kind of trying to bully the Cowboys in their building. Yeah. The impression, you know, and, and that's sort of one of the, the long held beliefs is if you're on the road, you go for the win. If you're at home, you go for the tie kind of the thing. Mm -hmm. And 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 so I think it was the right decision. To be honest with you, though, I don't feel that bad for the Lions because in the end, I, I don't want games decided by like some tricky thing. Like, oh, we forgot that we didn't cover a, an offensive tackle because I know, you, I hate you, that stuff. you snuck around and you, you tricked us and, and someone was eligible that we didn't even think was going to be eligible, could possibly catch a ball. I don't love that either. So I, I don't feel all that bad for the Lions, but it's funny because I'm looking at the, the seating right now and the Dallas Cowboys are sitting there now in the two seed in the NFC. Why? Because they win the tiebreaker over Detroit based on head-to-head -head win percentage, so it's a pretty big deal. And uh, it is. I, I kind of hate the whole thing because a great game ends in in such a goofy way. So this is an off-season thing, but remember that stretch? It was about three or four years ago. The Ravens were doing it like crazy. Like they'd line up a tight end like between the guard and tackle, and nobody knew who was eligible. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is like dirty pool to me well, like it's it, part of the 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 whole tush push the brotherly shove in philadelphia too it's just it's not that fun to watch as a football fan i'm you know it's right. like Jalen oh, hurts has all these rushing touchdowns like why are they rushing touchdowns? like it's not fun i don't tune into football games to watch uh, a scrum of uh, 20 guys like go one yard all yeah, together I, a pile on top i of think that's run and scores too i mean right. i'm glad no one's got hurt but it's not fun to watch oh they're gonna pick this up and everyone's doing great, it now great football awesome guys I, i'm glad yeah. i tuned into this game to see that and so that 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 i think the the trick offensive tackle eligible play while it's what's well, fun sometimes and i don't mind a big man touchdown when it decides seating and decides a game and you mm -hmm. know who's at home in the playoffs i kind of don't love things to be decided that way 
Yeah, I, I think that the rules need to be clear that these five cannot go out on a pass no matter what. You know, I don't care where they align, who's eligible, blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, I don't need to see a 330-pound offensive tackle on a corner. You know, like, if that's our offense, we're trying to scheme up. Like, that's it's enough of that, you know. Well, as it stands right now, the the Lions are the three seed with the the Cowboys the two seed because of that game, and the 49ers sitting there at the one seed. I don't think we have to talk a lot about the the 49ers who defeated mm-hmm. the Commanders, which is expected uh, 27 to 10. There, the Commanders in the conversation now for the second pick in the draft as well. So that's where their season is right now, going into Week 18. 49ers locked in. They were already the NFC West champs. They're the one seed in the NFC. The big story from this game to me is Brock Purdy. In 16 games, by the way, too, set the 49ers franchise record for passing yards in a season. With four, uh, and it was actually Jeff Crazy. Garcia that had the record, and Jeff Garcia broke Steve Young's record a couple of years after Steve Young set it in the late 90s. Garcia had it in 2000. Now Brock Purdy in 16 games and about a hundred fewer pass attempts, by the way, has the now is now the the franchise single season for the 49ers with all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks they've had in their history. Brock Purdy, all-time in his first full season as a starting quarterback, all-time single-season passing yards leader. So that's pretty Phenomenal. Cool. Phenomenal. So I can't help myself. I threw this out on Twitter. I feel all witty about it. But how worried are you about Christian McCaff injury? McCaff injury. I saw that. And I was, that was like, I had to give you a, a golf clap. And I was trying to find the right gift to reply. And this <laughs> and I got sidetracked. But uh, Mc. Christian McCaffrey injury. I like that one too. Uh, well, really, with the with the one seed decided, I think the 49ers yeah. are going to support some key players. I don't think we're going to see Trent Williams. I don't think we're going to see um, Christian McCaffrey for sure, and, to, and for a couple of weeks. And so, uh, the, and you know, like, look, Trent Williams has been dealing with injuries. Christian McCaffrey led the league in touches this year. He hit the 2,000 scrimmage yard mark in that game as well before he got hurt. Great season. Shut him down. Uh, if anybody needs rest, it's him, you know. And, and so I think that's what we're going to see. And you get a so a two week rest for some of these guys. And I don't think the 49ers want to get too rusty. So they're going to play people next week a little bit, probably treat it like a, a preseason game. But I don't think it's a, a serious injury for McCaffrey. He'll be ready to go when the next time the 49ers suit up, which is not until I think January 20th or something like that. Wow. So this is something for later in the week, but it also affects my team because the Ravens are in the exact same boat. You know, they have the one locked up. They're playing the Steelers this week. So everyone in Pittsburgh's like, oh, we're going to get all the backups. Like, I just want to let people know you can't shut your whole team down. Like, you can't rest all five offensive linemen. You know, like the Niners will rest Trent Williams, but you can't rest them all. You got to yeah, you get what, five or six inactives, and and you have to have yeah. everybody else dressed up. And so, um, that you're you're gonna have to play some of your guys, and and, mm-hmm. and your your starters are gonna have to be ready to play in case someone else gets hurt too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you use many practice squad guys you possibly can, but it's not preseason with a bunch uh, of lawyers and bankers out there. And ninety man rosters, no. Right. Right. Okay, next, uh, a little bit more on that Ravens win, clinching the one seed over the Miami Dolphins. Where are the Dolphins at? Buffalo Bills notes and cards upsetting the Eagles as well, which has a lot to do with seeding in the NFC and the NFC East champion as well. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, and it's just you against the numbers. It's the best thing about Prize picks is you're not playing in a pool. You're not playing against pros and thousands of other players with sharks in the pool. It's just you versus the numbers. You pick more or less on two to six players, stat projections at prize picks, and watch the winnings 
roll in. We're talking about up to 25 times your money this football season. You select two or more players, and you're just playing against those stat projections on prize picks, NFL players, NBA stat projections, and actually there's combo bets now available as well. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, 10.5 combo points. Three points made plus receptions as well. So have a little combo fun as well. Go to prizepicks.com and use our promo code to get deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. The Dolphins. Ooh. <laughs> Lose big and injuries on top of it, I think, is maybe even the bigger factor for the Miami Dolphins. Tua got banged up. Uh, Bradley Chubb, we're waiting MRIs right now on Monday morning if that's a torn ACL for him as the Ravens run up the score. 21 fourth quarter points if they're they're already up big. 56-19. Five touchdowns for Lamar Jackson, who just pretty much stamped the MVP, I think, this season for him in this win as the Ravens. Best record in the NFL, 13-3, and three, and clinch the one seed in the AFC over those Miami Dolphins who have some work to do now, those Dolphins do, not only to hold the two seed, but to hold the AFC. And uh, the Buffalo Bills are hard charging on their heels. Yeah, I mean, this is more of a later-in-the-week thing, too, but how banged up are the Dolphins? They had a bunch of O-line injuries. Waddle and Mostert didn't play in this game. Um, Howard left early. Tua got a shoulder late. Chubb looks like he's out for the year. Like things are trending in a really rough manner here for Miami, who, of course, is going to play uh, Buffalo next week on the Sunday nighter. Side note: It was pretty. The NFL so smart, you know. Like they keep us on the end of our edge of our seats, you know, watching that crappy fourth quarter last week, last night, just to see what team, what when's my team going to play, like. Every little carrot that the, the NFL dangles out there, like all of a sudden schedule release days, like a national holiday. Like they're so good. At, <laughs> yeah. It's so good at just keeping your attention and wanting you to come back for more. But I've seen articles this morning about are the Ravens the best regular season team in the last 10 years? You know, this 2023 team, they're just destroying everyone. And I think Lamar clearly is the MVP. I, I think he was the front runner before this game, and now yeah. it's sealed, and he probably won't play next week. So that's a wrap, and they're hard to find weaknesses with. They're just steamrolling everybody. Uh, and you know who will play next week is the Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills mm-hmm. ha- uh, handled their business now, and they defeated the New England Patriots 27-21. And the Bills, who are on a, a win streak now, and putting themselves in great position. They're kind of hanging out of the sixth seed in the AFC, but they could still be as high as the two seed. They could be completely out of the playoffs, depending what happens in week 18. So this is a fascinating one um, with Miami against Buffalo to decide some of these things. And uh, and I think it's possible they could play each other again, possibly the following week as well in the playoffs with two versus seven seeds. So uh, fascinating coming up here, but Buffalo bills really in this thing. And uh, they could still be the two seed after all of this in the AFC after next week. Yeah. I, I've said this for a couple of weeks. I think they're the third best team in the league behind your Niners and the Ravens. Ravens would be one. Um, but, and I know they're on the streak and I'm glad that, I mean, as a fan, I'm very happy that the bills are not on the outside looking in. I mean, they could win the whole thing. Allen took a shot on his shoulder late in this game. The Patriots took the opening kickoff to the house. I mean, so that was kind of a crazy start. And by no means did the Bills own this game. I mean, Buffalo's on a streak, but they're showing some warts. And 
something's wrong with Stefan Diggs. Like he seems like the guy that's going to come out after the season and be like, I had a knee scope or some surgery. I mean, like he doesn't produce, he's like been wide receiver 60 in fantasy for like a month and a half. Uh, actually, that reminds me of a, a great nugget I saw here. So Christian McCaffrey, um, he's on the roster for one of the two teams playing in ESPN Fantasy League Championships, mm-hmm. and 59% of those leagues, Christian McCaffrey's on one of those rosters, or was on one of those rosters, and most of the championships happened. And what's funny is McCaffrey got hurt, and that, not funny for those those teams, but those teams might have lost because McCaffrey didn't. He, he still had some stats, and and so he he put up some numbers, but was it like what the those fantasy owners were uh, depending on and what they were used to getting from Christian McCaffrey all year long? But fifty nine percent of fantasy championships had Christian McCaffrey on one of the rosters. But what's fascinating is not only if you drafted Christian McCaffrey were you in a good spot, but it was avoiding the other disastrous first round picks in your fantasy league and still yeah, yeah. Diggs was one of those i mean and look just looking around the first round i had back-to-back first and second round picks of cooper cup and nick chubb right oh, in one of my yeah, leagues yeah. like that's hard to come back from luckily puka helped me out and i picked him up after uh cooper cup wasn't ready to go in week one but justin jefferson of uh, tyree kill got you there but then he was hurt to start the fantasy playoffs for a lot of people. Travis Kelsey had a, a, a tough season. Uh, Jamar Chase injuries. I didn't mention Chubb, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley injuries. So you're looking at the first round landscape, and it was a landmine. So if you landed Christian McCaffrey, not only did you have a great player all season long, but you avoided one of the other disastrous first round picks potentially in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, Tyree Kill comes to mind is another that would fit that bill, you know, that, yeah. that type of thing. Well, he got um, you and he was hurt for the first round of the playoffs. He might have yeah. been one and done in that case, unless you got that first round by and then he was back. So what's funny, I I didn't plan on having this conversation, but I, I love that ESPN does that. And I think even later in the week, or maybe it's out now, they'll tell you the percentages of who's who's next, who's third, who's fourth, blah, blah, blah. Because it's usually like a Puka or a Kyron Williams, you know, like you're – you right. took McCaffrey first overall or Tyreek at four or five. And then in this eighth round, you took a, a chance on Kyron Williams and, you know, you go to the championship. You know, it's usually someone you got cheap to pair with a non first round bust. So McCaffrey season's ridiculous. So, how about Jonathan Gannon defeating his former yeah, team? Yeah, we were on that. Cardinals knocked off the Eagles 35-31. We both took the cards, and I think it was like 13 points or something pretty Mm -hmm. big there on the road. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect the Cardinals upset there, but that really uh, changed things in the NFC. So now the Eagles go from two-seed potential one-seed opportunity in Week 18 to now all the way down to the five-seed in the NFC with the Cowboys in charge of that division. So uh, that was a huge game for the Eagles to lose and for the Cardinals, maybe taking themselves out of a a top two draft pick at the same time. And I think there's something to a former coordinator, knowing his old squad and I think the Eagles are in a tough spot. And I don't know if either one, either side of the ball is being coordinated. Great for the Eagles after losing both of their coordinators this year. Yeah. So I would, I mean, I think we'd agree that, including this game, raging success for Gannon in his first year as the Arizona head coach. And I'll be honest, when they hire him, I kind of felt like nobody wants this job. They're going to pick first overall. They're just going to settle for this guy. You know, that that was the feeling you got, you know. He had kind of some awkward interactions. Yeah, yeah. It was like, this is kind of corny. I don't don't know if this is going to work. And um, Drew uh, Petzig, is it? The offensive coordinator, I think, was a great Mm -hmm. hire 
for the Cardinals as well. So I think they're well coached on both sides of the ball, under talented, but they've got an opportunity to add a ton more talent, obviously, with a couple of picks in this first round of the draft. Yeah, yeah. and they play very hard till the end. I'm sure they're developing some defensive players from that no-name defense, but the offense is good, and McBride's going to be a star. Um, real quick, I mean, you mentioned Carolina earned the first overall pick. That's done. But Washington, New England, Arizona, in that order, are 2, 3, and 4, and they're all 4 and 12. So if one of them happens to win or whatever, that could screw it up. But if you're not in the top two and you're Arizona, I think that looks like a wide receiver, you know, Harrison or something, and just stick with Kyler and run it back. I mean, I think there's something to build on there. But obviously, I mean, it's time to worry about the Eagles. Their run defense is horrible. They didn't run the ball well. I don't think Hurts played all that well. I'm not sure what Devontae Smith's situation is, but they're, he's being evaluated while we're, while we're uh, uh, recording this. So they're limping into the playoffs. Yeah, not a lot good happening no. right now uh, in really any way, shape, or form for the the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't look like one of the best teams in the NFC like they had for you know eighteen no. months prior to. And I don't think that you know they were broken, or I don't know if it was necessarily a blueprint. Like, well, the 49ers claim it was a blueprint uh, after the game when they beat mm-hmm. the Eagles, and they haven't won. I don't know if they won a game since then. Um, I don't think. Uh, I think they might have won one, but that yeah, that's um, they're they're not playing good football. Uh, they're not executing well. Uh, the, there's questionable things happening scheme wise. I think for the the Eagles, they don't seem confident. Like they don't know what the problem is either, which is the biggest problem I think is they don't know what to fix. So that's something that really uh, bears monitoring for the Eagles as they go kind of limping into the playoffs here. You're right. They did. They beat the Giants last week in Philly, 33-25, yes. but didn't destroy them. But they lost. Three before that, Niners, Dallas, Seahawks, which are all good teams. But then this Arizona loss, I don't mean to contradict you, but one thing that is definitely broken is the back seven. I mean, like, oh, yeah, it's not, it was, but there's no way to fix it. You it mean, was no weakness anyway. They tried to address yeah. the trade deadline and brought in Bayard, and it's still a problem. It's still a problem. Yeah. I mean, so they might have to evaluate how they evaluate. I mean, it's well known. They ignore safeties and linebackers in the off season. And maybe that's not how the league's going anymore. Yeah. Well, you, I understand. It's kind of the running back thing too. It's like, you yeah, don't yeah. want to spend on it. You don't want to spend on linebackers, but you don't want to be awful either. And the reason you don't spend is because it should be easy to find those. So if you're adequate, find them for yeah. cheap, then you, at least you still got to pay for them because you can't find them. You should be able to find good players at those positions. So. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them, but you just can't be awful there. Right. All right. Uh, especially linebacker, even more so than running back. Yes. Yeah. Unless you've different. like a Roquan or Warner. I just want to not stink there now. Yes. Uh, next, tons more to get to from week 17 coming up. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel and right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place. You don't have to win this bet. Just place a $5 bet for new customers at FanDuel. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use. There are so many different ways to play, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab at FanDuel on the app or on the website, super easy to use. I, I love navigating, building your own parlays. You make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and tons more, not only NFL football, college football with the title games coming up, and NBA, NHL, 
motorsports, combat sports, snooker, you name it, you can find it at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Interesting happenings right now in Chicago, Matt, because the Carolina Panthers have earned the Chicago Bears the number one pick. That has been clinched now in the NFL draft. The Chicago Bears will pick number one, but they keep winning games. They might not even finish last in the North all of a sudden. They're seven and nine right now, which uh, ties them with the Minnesota Vikings. We'll get to that. The Packers won Sunday night, so they're eight and eight right now. But at the end of this game with the Bears, really beaten up on the Falcons, 37-17. They're chanting, we want fields. Uh, the, the players are playing hard for Matt Eberflus. I don't know if he's a great head coach, but clearly he's a player's coach and he's a, a good defensive-minded defense, coach. Yeah. So it's making the decision harder and harder. And, and all season long, I thought, yeah, if they get the number one pick, the decision is made. And if I go new quarterback, I kind of want to go new coaching staff as well because I think the questionable side of it is how the offense has been coached in Chicago. So I don't want to keep the, the 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 coaching staff the same. But the better they finish the season, the more likely they might stick it out with the current coaching staff and their current quarterback in Justin Fields. Yeah, it's it's maybe the most interesting offseason storyline, you know, because I think there is a case for both. The momentum they have right now is just tremendous. I, I mean, I think you almost have to bring back the coaching staff, front office, all those things, because of how you're playing to finish out the year. Boy, you could get a lot for that first overall pick, you know, and you have the cap space. You could extend fields, but you might regret it for decades. <laughs> you know, like we just gave oh my home. You know, right? someone who who ends up being one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, and you yeah. pass on it. Um, that's on a rookie deal for five years. Yeah, oh. I mean, that's 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 the beauty of it is resetting the the whole contract situation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so that'll be really interesting. I mean, I could make a case for both. I mean, if I can get to like four first round picks, or you know, more than I got last year for the first overall pick, you know, the, an equivalent to DJ Moore and three first, you know, something like that. It's like I, I'll listen. You know, I mean, that could put a build quite quite a stuff. You know, quite a, a roster. So. Uh, good for the Bears, though, is the bottom line. I mean, we can worry about that stuff when the offseason comes. Their defense has played as well as any in the league, and the offense keeps getting better and better. And speaking of DJ Moore, what an addition he's been. He's been a really good player. Oh, yeah. Nine for 159 in a touchdown yeah. for DJ Moore here. In the snow, too. Justin Fields throwing touchdown passes to DJ Moore. Nice little dot in the back corner of the end zone. 268 yards passing there. Tons of rushing yards as well. Khalil Herbert went 124 on the ground and might have sealed uh, the opposite fate or the Falcons uh, quarterback and head yeah, coach. Yeah, I think yeah. you have to make a change there. Definitely a quarterback. I think head coach is 75% chance there's a change, maybe greater. It's been getting pretty ugly. Uh, let's stay in uh, the NFC North and South here and go to Sunday night where the Packers defeat the Vikings easily 33 to 10. And the Jaron Hall experiment, I think he completed what four passes in the first half before he was benched. And they brought Nick Mullins back, which was too little too late. And the Packers rolled three touchdown passes from Jordan Love and the Packers still have a shot going into week 18 at eight and eight. Yeah, we finally got a respectable Strong showing by the Packers' defense. The offense every week, led by Love, has been phenomenal. I mean, so I think LaFleur's done a great job with an extremely young offense. The Vikings just seem like they're out of gas. You know, like, we're just going to keep revolving, you know, rotating quarterbacks since Cousins got hurt. We know none of them are the answer. Maybe we get a good quarter out of one of them or two good drives out of one of them, and it, that's tough. There's no Hawkinson anymore. 
the defense is pretty thin as well. They're, they've kind of hit their road. I don't think any of us want to see the Vikes in the playoffs. and They don't look like they deserve no. it at all. Green no. Bay, I'd like to see, yeah. Please no. And if you do, yeah, exactly. then I want to see all tush push and tackle eligible on offense. That's all, I'm like. <laughs> That's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Than, what we saw from Jaron Hall in the first half of that game. That's oh, sure. Now you uh, feel for O'Connell. There's a look oh, on his face. He's just yeah. Like, they had the close up on him and he's just like, oh, what do I do? It, it looked like he had, it looked like just some guy off the street that couldn't even grab the football and throw it. It was like, what? Is, yeah. How can you be that bad just throwing a, a ball? You're a quarterback in the NFL. It, it looked really bad. Watching them more and more, I just think Cousins signs a two-year deal for seventy-five guaranteed or something, and I mean, back, you know, put Cousins in the MVP conversation because I mean, right, how, right. how valuable was he to the Minnesota Vikings? Unbelievable. Do you see him doing the the pregame stuff shirtless with his son? And you know, no, I mean, so, uh, I mean, I super that. popular there, and you know, oh, I, I think you're running back. Like Kirk Cousins, yeah, definitely a guy you're rooting for. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a market, that's for sure. So they're gonna have to compete yeah. now. But they know more about his injury than everybody else. I think that helps their cause a little bit, too. Saints did what they had to do. They went to Tampa, yeah. defeated the Buccaneers. Now the 8-8 eight and eight Saints tied, record-wise, with the 8-8 eight and eight Buccaneers. 23-13 win. Baker Mayfield dinged up in this game for the Bucs. So, um, you know, injury added to insult there. But the Bucs still have the tiebreaker due to best win percentage in common games. So, as of today... The Bucs still have the NFC South lead because of that whatever third, fourth tiebreaker that we're on with the best win percentage in common games uh, because division record is the same, three and two for both of those teams, and it's going to go to week 18 between the Saints and the Bucs. I think the Saints ownership said that there won't be coaching changes this offseason, which I don't know that I'd be doing cartwheels about if I'm the Saints, but they are eight and eight. They're in the driver's seat here. Pretty simple. I mean – I've always been hard on the Saints. So, like, boy, they're in quarterback coach purgatory, and they kind of are. I'm not taking that back, and that they're the most average team going. But you win the turnover battle for nothing, and you control the clock for almost 37 minutes, you know, and play good defense. Pretty tried and true, you know, way of winning games in this league. No doubt. Uh, so that, that'll go into week 18. Of course, we're going to go into all the, you know, what ifs and, and what needs yeah, to happen yeah, yeah. in the preview. All of that stuff. Uh, Last one that we definitely have to get to here, and this is part of how the Chicago Bears have the number one pick in the draft. The Panthers blanked by the Jacksonville Jaguars here and C.J. Beathard at quarterback. 26 to nothing was the final here. Jaguars over the Panthers, but the big story and the big headlines after this game, not only did the Panthers earn the first pick in the draft for the Chicago Bears and the Jaguars helped themselves in the AFC South in their playoff picture, but... Panthers owner David Tepper throwing drinks on Jaguars fans in Jacksonville, and he's going to be in some hot water, I think, with the league here and just a bad look and just a disastrous season for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, are they making the strongest push in recent memory of being the laughingstock organization of the league? You know, like, man, I mean, like every story is worse than the next. And just when they were starting to look okay on the field, their offense was a disaster. I mean, six sacks. The Jags just controlling things with Beathard to get quarterback. And the Panthers, D, hung around for a while. But after a while, you're just on the field too much. And then ATN breaks a long run. And, you know, Beathard didn't do much. But Carolina's in a bad, bad place. And I can't see it turning around soon. And this Tepper stuff is just a bad leadership, bad example, you know? 
Yeah, Bethard wasn't asked to do a lot. 178 passing yards, mm -hmm. uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, didn't turn the ball over, which was key there. Tra uh, Travis ATN, by the way, probably helping some, some fantasy championships there with a couple of touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground, a couple of receptions as well for him. Um, I would actually like to see, I think ETN probably is on a lot of, uh, a lot of fantasy championship rosters. Mm, he had a really good season for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Um, you know, and obviously for them now they're hoping to get their quarterback right and, and, and Trevor Lawrence right before they, they head into the playoffs. So big win there for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but yeah, you're right. Laughing stock. I mean, you go, go back to what the no win lions. That's that's where the Panthers are right so now. So that's where they're at right now. And they're yeah, not going to have an early really, pick. And, you know, are prominent free agents going to want to sign there? Like, oh, they'll just go get T. Higgins. Like, does he want to go there? It's it's funny because the Jaguars just went through the Urban Meyer thing, and they're now in their Urban Meyer phase, but it's the owner. You can't fire David Pepper, right? Is he going to be the new commanders, you know, where there's a bad owner and it trickles down mightily, it tidal waves down. Yeah, it's a bad look. There were some more things I want to talk about. The Steelers win, um, but we're out of time here. Kansas of course, City did some good you, things, but right. we'll, we'll yeah, take it More of it here this week as we start looking ahead to week 18 and how this playoff picture looks. And, of course, your questions later in the week as well. Hit us up on Twitter or drop it in the YouTube comments. And Matt and I back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.